All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag Podcast. Ian Cummings here with Jacob Kamaker, and we have a special guest today. He was here a while back. We were trying to do a pre-draft podcast, but we had some technical difficulties. We're back, though. It took a while. It took some moves. We're back. Uh, it is Connor Forrest, Rigos Rag contributor, and we're here to talk about the draft. In case you didn't hear, a football thing happened this weekend, uh, and uh, the Redskins made some moves. They made some good ones, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. First off, Connor, it's been a while. How have you been? It's been, it has been a second. It's good to hear from you, boys. Doing great. Uh, nice draft in the books. The uh, anticipation's finally over, and uh, finally, like, we can technically have an offseason now, right? Now we can kind of relax a little bit, uh, but uh, good to be back. Hope you guys are doing well. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been a, it was a, it was a very hectic season, and now it's kind of like, what do we do with our time? There, there's literally nothing to do. So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna talk about the draft a lot, and then we're gonna talk about the upcoming football season a lot. But right now we're still in that draft phase, piecing together the moves and what they did. Jacob, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. You guys might not have a lot to do, but I've got two Boston teams playing the playoffs right now. So uh, you, um, you make uh, that sound like it's a bad thing. Shut up. Oh, yeah, no. you're, yeah, you're talking to some DC sports fans here. We don't know anything about that. I mean, the Capitals <laughs> are, are one thing, but yeah, playoffs and, and we're DC going, sports. We're, and we're going for the rest. calendar sweep up here. Oh we pull goodness. that off. But yeah, no, I'm ready to talk some Redskins. You'd think I'd have a buffer with two cities, Detroit and DC, but no, they're both terrible. But uh, we'll talk about the draft because there was, that was actually a sobering change for DC sports. I feel like yeah, you look at what they did in uh, all seven rounds. They were they were going for value and they definitely got it. Um, I, the draft grades across the board, we've been seeing A minus, B plus. I gave them an A minus. Uh, I know some people gave them flat out A's. Uh, it, it was a very solid draft by all means. So we'll start with you, Connor. You're our guest. What did you think about this draft? Just first impressions. Yeah, I loved it. I gave an A minus, just like you did. I think the only reason it's an A minus is uh, obviously the safety position still a question mark, and uh, you know a couple fans are dying on the hill of the fact that they didn't address tight end. I'm I'm not too concerned about that. But I loved what they did in the draft. I mean, the bottom line is to get Haskins at 15, uh, like him or not. I mean, a value pickup there was big. I had said leading up to the draft that I, I, I quite frankly didn't want the Skins to take a first round quarterback. I really wanted one of these edge rushers, but I think if the Skins feel like Haskins is the guy, he's got the tools. And and let's be clear with ourselves, three months ago, Haskins was the highest rated quarterback in this draft. Uh, and, and Kyler Murray was, was the second. And I think that there's a lot of great assets that Dwayne brings to the table. And I think if the Skins believe he's the guy, I think that's a big move for the Redskins. And I think it's a franchise-changing move, to be honest with you. I love what they did at 26. I thought going back up, and getting Montez Sweat, a guy that, quite frankly, if it wasn't for whatever heart condition that ended up coming out, that guy's a top eight pick. I just love what they did with him. I think he's an instant impact player. You know, with the with the departure of Preston Smith, I think filling in with another Mississippi State guy, and with Reuben Foster coming back, I I, I think the Redskins defense uh, is is all of a sudden looking like something um, something to watch out for. Uh, but I, I love what they did. They addressed a lot of needs. Uh, got themselves a receiver. Got some O line depth. I definitely think they, they really hit a home run on this draft. I think Skins fans, for all the garbage that we give the front office, I think they have something to be proud of and to be happy about. And I know we really do sling rocks a lot at uh, the front office, but, you, I mean, quite frankly, you've got to give them their due diligence. Kyle Smith, Bruce Allen, whatever Dan Snyder was involved in this, I thought they hit a home run. I, I really thought they did a nice job. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about prospecting the body of work as a whole in a little bit, kind of dissecting it from end to end. But first off, Jacob, I know you were high on Montez Sweat too, and you were really happy about that move to trade back up into number 26 and get him. 
what can you say about what they did and what that means for the team moving forward? Well, if you look at the team as a whole going into that first round, there were two positions that people tended to want to address or that were realistic goals, and they were quarterback and edge rusher. And they got a top player at both of those positions, which is fantastic. I mean, Haskins at 15 was a solid value. I'm not as high on him as some other people are, but I do think he has that franchise quarterback upside. But the Montez Sweat pick, like Connor said, he's probably a top eight pick if he doesn't get diagnosed with that heart condition. And the thing is, he might have even been misdiagnosed with that. That came out the day of the draft, so that clouded his his, uh, draft stock even more. But the fact of the matter is, if you watch the tape, you see a guy who can win in a multitude of ways. He has great length. He's very strong. And at the combine, he showed that he has elite athletic ability. Now, he doesn't have the bend that people like in pass rushers as much. He plays a little bit upright, but he has all the tools needed to be an impact three-down player. And I could really see him emerging as one of the best pass rushers in this class, if not the best, especially with the talent that's already on the Redskins defensive line. Yeah, yeah. You look at, you know, going into the draft, everyone's talking about that's the that's the hole that you need to fill to complete this defensive line and and make it a truly fearsome unit. And I think they definitely did that with Sweat. And uh, you look at, yeah, like you said, they had two needs to fill. Uh, and everyone was talking about, hey, we got to choose at 15 quarterback or edge. They said, screw it, we're going to address both. And they did. And so I'm with you. I'm not as high on Haskins. Uh, After I was watching some tape, I think he does have some limitations. But the biggest reservation for me heading up to the draft was trading up to get him. You know, when the reports that Dan Snyder might take over the draft, trade up to number three to get Haskins. I was not all for that. But getting him at 15 without having to give up any extra assets, that's that's a really good value. You know, anytime you can get a potential franchise quarterback without having to trade up, that's great. And then they got Montez Sweat, who's got that high tier edge rushing presence and can really complement a fearsome interior defensive line. So they nailed the first round. Uh, going into the later rounds now, the maybe day two and day three. Connor, what was your favorite pick? Uh, we'll talk about favorite picks and kind of baffling picks that kind of were head scratchers. What was your favorite pick out of the uh, day two and day three picks? So out of day two and day three, I actually uh, went all the way back here to, I believe it was the fifth round they took. Pierce Baker out of or Pierce Baker. I've heard I've heard so many different pronunciations of that. I can guarantee you I'm going to mess it up another 35 it, times. It, it's um, Pierce Baker. Pierce Baker. Pierce I Baker. believe is correct. There it is. Jacob I, knows I, the I names. You. He knows the look names. At, look at Jacob out there. I love that pickup. Because uh, bottom line, quite frankly, as as a football fan. I'm not as into the draft as some people are, but I can promise you that if I was put into a draft with all the knowledge of uh, that I have, which is none, and they put a gun to my head and said, make a draft pick, I'm probably looking at Alabama and I'm saying, whoever has started there for four years, pick them. I don't care who, pick them. <laughs> and the Redskins got themselves some nice depth. I think, uh, obviously, he's a little bit shorter. I believe he's about 6'2 or 6'1". Uh, Ross Pierce Baker, and uh, but I think he's going to have some nice, nice depth. He has some experience at center, has some experience at guard. He's going to go in there and compete with Eric Flowers, who God knows what he'll do at guard. But again, we looked at the past two seasons for the Redskins. They have been searching for guards and tackles. They have been deplete at both positions. I think they addressed uh, with Wes Martin from Indiana. And Ross uh, Pierce Baker from from Alabama, I think they addressed those. I actually really did like that value pickup at five. The guy's a solid starter. You know what he's going to give you. Uh, he's not a Brandon Sheriff Mahler, but he's a consistent player. Um, and I think with with Bill Callahan in that system, I think he's he's in a good position to succeed for the Skins. 
Um, and I really wouldn't be surprised to see him start a majority of games for the Redskins this season. I actually like that mid-round pickup. Yeah, that's an interesting one because I know a lot of people were kind of meh on that one, but you do bring up some good points in that, you know, their guard position has been a revolving door every season. Getting that getting that stability in there kind of helps. And he's as stable a player as you're going to get, you know. He, he might not have the upside to be a game-changing offensive lineman, but, you know, at least there's some stability, a foundation. Uh, you, you won't be scrambling to sign players midseason, so that's always good. Jacob, what was your favorite mid-round pick? I'll give you two, and I'll make sure that they're not the ones that I know that you're going to want to talk about. All right, good, good. But my favorite mid-round pick was definitely Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. Solid all-around player. He's not different from the Piercebacher uh, or the Piercebaker pickup uh, in that he's a great leader with starting potential, and he does a little bit of everything. He plays special teams. He can catch the ball. And the biggest thing I hear about McLaurin is his character. He has really high football character. He's very smart. He has chemistry with Dwayne Haskins, which will play a big role in getting Haskins into the offense because, you know, he'll already at least have chemistry with one receiver in McLaurin. So that's going to help him a lot, just the way that McLaurin will be able to help all around and on special teams. It's a huge win to get that type of guy in the third round. And uh, one sleeper guy I like, the sec- or the last pick they had in the draft, Jordan Brailford from uh, Oklahoma State. I thought that he could have gone maybe in the fifth round range. He's a little bit undersized, but he's a solid edge player. I could see him emerging as a quality backup. Team had an understated need for depth at the position, not just a starter in Montez Sweat. So getting Brailford with what I think was the second to last pick in the draft was definitely a good value in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, I would agree. I was when I was doing my edge rusher uh, big board piece. He was one of those late round guys who, you know, has some athletic upside to mold uh, for sure, and he's got some versatility to him too. So I, 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 I liked that pick as well, and I appreciate you keeping your hands off my guy, uh, Kelvin Harmon. I don't think that was a surprise <laughs> for anyone in here, but uh, yeah, I was, I was texting Jacob during the draft because I was, I was handling some of the draft articles, and I was like, man. You know, I hate writing all these articles where they could have drafted Kelvin Harmon and they didn't. And then the sixth round, they get Kelvin Harmon. So I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, they made up for it. But um, yeah, that was a guy who I had as a borderline second rounder uh, with his, he, the athleticism is not necessarily there in in its full capacity. And uh, I think the biggest reason he fell is because he's kind of, his top end speed isn't there. You know, I think he's got four, six speed. So he's not a burner, but he wins every other way. You know, he's a very solid receiver, very good with uh, details and his attention to detail and a very fluid route runner. And he's very good at high pointing the ball as well. Physical receiver. Play strength is something you see come up a lot with Kelvin Harmon. You know, he can outbody corners and he can use his hands to just wrench the ball away and contest the situation. So I really like Harmon. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll be uh, a premier weapon ju- right out of the gate because I know Haskins likes his open guys. I know the mesh concepts he's most comfortable with. So, but as he grows in the offense, as he gets more comfortable taking risks, I think Harmon has big potential. And um, I'm I'm not, you know, not afraid to say that at this point because the, the he was very good on tape and getting him in the sixth round is a huge value deal. So, if especially for a team that needs that kind of depth and reliability at wide receiver, you know, he might not might not ever have the athletic upside to be a surefire number one guy. But getting a reliable guy in your stable, you know, that that's something that you can be happy about. Getting him in the sixth round is 
I think a very good value get. So that was that was my favorite pick. Uh, Connor, what was a head scratcher for you? One that you were kind of like shaking your head at, like I don't know why they were gonna, I don't know why they did that. Yeah, so um, I mentioned this before on Twitter. I, I um, quite frankly, I, looking back on it, I can understand the value for the future. But at, at round four, taking Bryce Love, I, I was curious at the time. I, I can understand where, look, you sign Adrian Peterson to two years, you take the first year. There's a good chance he ends up leaving after next season. Darius Geis hasn't, you know, as much as fans love him, he hasn't proven much yet. Uh, he's got incredible upside, hasn't proven much just yet. Uh, and Chris Thompson, obviously, um, with, with the contract situation, with injuries, y- you have to have depth. Although there's that running back room is, is stacked, I think the signing of Bryce Love kind of just is your fond farewell eventually to Samaj P. Ryan. But um, I thought you could have gotten a little bit uh, of a higher upside, um, another, another guard or another tackle. Um, I thought you probably could have gone with, with another receiver. Um, but I, I, look, I thought that that was the only thing that kind of was, was curious to me. I think anything really after round five, you're kind of taking a flyer on, uh, unless somebody, again, like you said, Kelvin Harmon drops. Um, but I thought taking a running back there was a little interesting. Uh, but I, again, I can see where the skins heads were. Um, and quite frankly, I can understand where the depth of running back, not this season, but next season is going to end up being a conversation that people need to end up having. So Bryce Love was mine. Um, but but other than that, I, again, like I said, I, I thought they did a really nice job. Yeah, that was mine too uh, in the fourth round. I would have preferred that they would have traded up a little bit, maybe gotten into position to draft Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, solidify that secondary, get a versatile piece in there. But they opted to stay put and draft Bryce Love, who – Admittedly, has some potential as a as a um, playmaking, you know, offensive weapon, and you know, balance in the NFL with offense is all about getting the most guys that you can that can make plays with the ball in their hands. I think Bryce Love is a guy who can do that if he's fully healthy. That's the biggest question for me. You know, the ACL, how will that impact his explosion, which is a big part of his game? But uh, yeah, that was that was a head scratcher for me too. Jacob, did you have a different one? No, it's pretty much the same. And All right. All right. I, it, it just boils down to the running back room. You've got Bryce Love added to that group. And Bryce Love, let's not forget, in 2017, he ran for over 2,000 yards and had 19 touchdowns. So he has a lot of upside. But I just, if we're going to trust Darius guys, we're going to have Adrian Peterson on the team, and you already have Chris Thompson. I get, like you said, Connor, this is a pick for the future. But I'm also a big believer in Samaj P. Ryan, so I would have rather just given him a chance to prove himself one more time, and then if he doesn't, go get someone else in the next draft. But, I mean, there's upside with the love pick, so I can't complain too much. The other fourth-round pick of Wes Martin definitely filled a big need on the offensive line. He's very strong. Um, I just thought that was a little early for him because I I know some people didn't even have him as like a draftable prospect. Um, some of them had him as a late guy like sixth to seventh round uh, so i thought they reached a little bit there but it because that one was to fill more of the need i could kind of reconcile with that a little bit more and the more i watch martin the more upside i think he has yeah yeah i was i was telling connor and jacob before this guys uh, i you know I, I was covering that pick and when i saw them do that pick i'd never heard of that guy ever and I, I I like to think I did some substantial digging during draft season, but I'd never heard that name ever, and so that was interesting. But you see some clips uh, on Twitter and everything, and he's uh, I think the gist of it is he's a very strong lineman who has some limitations in terms of mobility, but he, he's incredibly strong 
and uh, consistent as a starter. So that's that, that's good to see. Uh, interesting to see how that translates to the NFL, where you need a more well-rounded skill set. But uh, from from what I saw, the consensus was that he can start. Might not be as you know versatile as a starter. I know Lance Zerline, his comp for Wes Martin was Sean Laval. Uh, so Skins fans aren't going to be too crazy. happy. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to be too happy with that. But uh, if, you, if you look at it, if you look, if you step back, Laval had a pretty respectable career. If you can get a starter out of a fourth round pick, that's good. But uh, hopefully, he'll his career will end a little bit better than Laval's did here. But absolutely, uh, I think one of the things that I I thought was kind of cool, and and I'm going to bounce off it to you guys. I was seeing it circulate around the internet, and um. Quite frankly, it's amazing when you step back the last three drafts. You go back to 2017 when the Redskins had John Allen fall into their lap. Remember, there was a lot of discussion at the time whether you go Reuben Foster or you go John Allen. And Allen fell back into our laps, and, and we went Allen. Um, Foster went beforehand. but um, And then you go to 2018. It was the discussion between Vita Vea, Deron Payne, and then some people were saying even Darius Geis taking the first round to see yep. if the Redskins could, could address something along those lines. And then this year it was, you're going to get that quarterback in the future or you're going to get a pass rusher. And you end up with John Allen, Ruben Foster, uh, you know, Deron Payne, and Darius Geis. You get your quarterback this year in, in Dwayne Haskins and a pass rusher in Montez Sweat. And just like that, you've got six guys in the past three years were at one point top 15, top 10 picks. Um, pretty amazing what the skins have done, and quite frankly, um, to to borrow a phrase from JP Finley, it's it's attacking success. It's going out there and being aggressive, not aggressive in a dumb way, not not mortgaging your future for you know a quarterback in 2012 like they did before, but but reading the board, being patient, and going for uh, who you believe are the guys and, and safe picks too, not not. Being ridiculous, but but uh, but going for safe picks, I think it's pretty amazing when you look at the last three years of the draft um, and how the Redskins have kind of managed to finagle whether that's through free agency um, or just trading back, trading up, letting guys fall into their laps. How they've ended up with some really good talent. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I'd never noticed that before. But each year we had these kind of micro debates, you know, in the draft community where okay, Jonathan Allen, Ruben Foster. Next year, Deron Payne or Darius Geis. I know me and Jacob, that was a big one for us. Uh, and then this year, do they wait on the quarterback and address an edge rusher? Or do you get the quarterback in round one and address everything else later? And they did both each year. It's kind of cool that you think. It took a while for Reuben Foster to get here, but he finally did. And he's cleared and he's yeah. good to play. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. And then Darius Geis dropping to them in the second round. I mean, it's just crazy the amount of things they've been able to do with those early picks. Now it, it still has to materialize. It still has to work out and they got to put Haskins in a position to succeed, but um, they're, they're making the right moves. They're making the right choices. And uh, they got lucky. I think with the way the draft played out for them, allowing Haskins to fall to 15, but uh, still, I mean, when the opportunity rises, you got to capitalize on it. And y- y- you're very right. They've, they've done that year in and year out for three years now. And so I don't know who that reflects best on, uh, but uh, I'm sure we'll find out if they can keep going on this trend, uh, if someone gets rewarded. I know Kyle Smith has been getting a lot of steam. I know apparently Grant Paulson and J.P. Finley have been saying that Kyle Smith is a, a, a kind of a rising star in the league and teams know it. So it's going to be interesting uh, what happens with him. But 
let, let's step back because now you've been talking about how the pieces are coming together and they've they've been doing this building for a while now and now you have your quarterback so what's the outlook for the 2019 season now because i think before the draft people were kind of writing off washington saying hey they're gonna go five and eleven again which you know i wouldn't have disagreed at that point but now it seems like it's changed a little bit the outlook has i don't know what do you think about that connor well, I definitely think that the outlook is – I really, if you asked me this about three months ago, I'm not sure what I would have told you. Uh, <laughs> but I really do think the outlook is a lot better. Look, I think Dwayne Haskins uh, is going to take about uh, – I think he's going to take a year to settle in. I, like, I think he's got all the physical traits you want. He's big. He's got an absolute rocket of an arm. Um, I think in the NFL and I think in Jay Gruden's system, it's going to take him about a year to, to learn his pocket mobility, uh, reading defenses. You know, that's the biggest thing for quarterbacks when they come in and out from, from college to the pros is, is rating defense. It's just so much faster. It's such a quicker game. Got to have a really high IQ. Um, I think it's going to take them a year to really settle in. Um, but quite frankly, I, I do think the Skins are are on a path to building a good foundation. I know a lot of Skins fans wouldn't want to hear me saying, I think they'll go 8-8 eight eight again. I really think as of right now, they'll, they'll go 8-8 eight eight again. Um a lot of people are saying six and ten. I just I don't I don't know if un, unless another injury bug strikes, which God forbid that happens again. I think there's too much talent on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, there's a hole in safety um, to fill, but I think there's too much talent on the team, especially young talent, for them to bottom out. Uh, I do think it's going to take a year for Haskins to settle into himself, but but I really think eight and eight uh, is a good projecting point. Now, again, that could all change. Um, you never know who they pull in in free agency. Uh, if somebody gets cut all of a sudden, you know, Deshaun Jackson or, or uh, you know, Josh Norman style, but um, you just don't know. I mean, I just, I think the skins are in the best position that they've been um, in a little while. I know obviously the cap space is, is a problem without Smith's injury, but um, I would say a safe bet is eight and eight for now. I think it's going to take the offense a year to gel. I think the defense is, is a few pieces away from being for real. Um, and I, I definitely like I, I like where the skins are going. I like where their foundation is. I like where their base is. And it's kind of quite, quite frankly, it's crazy for us to be even having this conversation when three months ago we were in. I mean, you you wouldn't even know where we were. I mean, it, it was a situation where you didn't know if any of these quarterbacks were even going to be available. If the skins were just going to trot out there with Colt McCoy. Uh, but um, I think eight and eight is a good starting point. I think they can obviously build from there. Um, I think they can drop from there. We just don't know yet. I, I, but I like the foundation that the Skins have going for them. Yeah, yeah. And going off of that, I'm sorry, Jacob. We'll get to you. But um, going off of that, you said they're heading in the right direction. But it might take some time to gel. Uh, is Jake Rudin? You know, how where does he stand in all this? Because I know before the draft, we were talking about how. You know, the ice is very thin beneath his feet. You know, he's got to win now if he wants to save his job. Sure. Now you're in a position where you have a rookie quarterback who, well, he might be the he might be the most pro ready quarterback in the class. Some would argue. Um, it's still going to take some time for the pieces to come together. Now, what if it doesn't all come together this year? Is Jay Gruden gone and they're starting over again, or how do they how do they work with that? Well, I think that depends. I think there's there's a few ways for it to go. I think. Uh, Jay Gruden's job, and I can tell you right now, from now until the season starting, his job is to is to build a system that Haskins is comfortable with. I'm, I'm never a fan of. I actually hate when I hear people say the quarterback has to fit in with the team system. 
to me, the team's got to build around their quarterback. And if their quarterback is more comfortable, like if Jay Gruden is is going to have to revamp his offense a little bit, do a little more shotgun, do a little more zone read than he did before. I know he's comfortable with that West Coast style. But I think it's it's important for him to build around what makes Haskins comfortable. And I think if, if we can sit here and say at the end of the year, next year, at our, our end of season podcast, and be able to sit here and say, you know what, the Redskins are on the right track. Haskins was fine. He was good, actually. He showed signs of being great. It's, it's, it's his rookie year. He's got to shake off some dust and get used to it. Or we have in the conversation of this didn't work because there's complete dysfunction. The quarterback and coach are not on the same page. That's where I think Jay Gruden gets axed instantly, and there's no question about it. I think for Jay Gruden's sake, for his job going forward, He's got to build a system that makes Dwayne Haskins comfortable and that at the end of the day we can look at and say, yeah, that's something we can build from. Because I think all Redskins fans can look back to 2012 to a degree and say, ah, I, I remember at the end of 2012 when RG3 walked off the field with a torn ACL and us saying, that's not a system that's going to last because this guy's ACL are – those two ACLs are twigs and the guy is just getting beaten in every week. That's not going to last. At the end of next year, if we can say, yeah, there's a system that can work and that can last, I think Jay Gruden can build from that. But it's 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 Jay Gruden's job to make Dwayne Haskins comfortable and to build a system where he can succeed around him. Yeah, yeah, and I would I would echo those sentiments. Jacob, you got any thoughts about, you know, now that we've had time to kind of think about the draft and where they've improved, uh, do you think that the Skins might have a better chance to compete in 2019 or is it still going to be a building year? They can compete. I see this as more of a building year, though, Uh, for a couple of reasons. Obviously, on defense, the front seven looks great, and if the offensive line stays healthy, they should be better and have more depth. But there are still some weaknesses on this team. The secondary still has some holes in it. The addition of Landon Collins helps a bit there, but they're still going to be a bit leaky on that end. And then on offense, as much as I like the receivers that they added in McLaurin and Kelvin Harmon, they still don't have a true number one guy. I see McLaurin as more of a Z slot type guy and Harmon as having the upside of a number two possession based receiver. Um, so I, I don't think they have the number one guy there. I think Haskins is going to take some time to adjust to the NFL. If he even wins the starting job out of the gate, um, he may sit like the first month of the season as he continues to get involved in the offense. Uh, I could see him having a similar rookie season to what Jameis Winston did in Tampa Bay. He got a lot of action, but he wasn't able to lead the team to a victory. Um, Winston's a little bit different as a passer because he's more mobile and takes more downfield chances than Haskins, which leads to more turnovers. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I think Haskins is going to take a little bit of time to grow. So I could see a six and ten, seven and nine season. But I don't, I don't disagree with you, Connor, in that they are on the right track, and that's what matters more is that even if this is a building year, if they show signs of growth, they will be in better shape for the future, provided that Haskins looks confident when on the field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're almost out of time. Uh, Connor, I'll let you have some closing thoughts for us. You're our guest. Just overall, takeaways from the draft and uh, what we can look forward to in the future. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely, like I said, uh, this skin's just attack success. I loved how they went out there. They took some chances um, and filled in spots they needed. Jacob absolutely hit the, the, the nail on the head there. There's absolutely holes in this team. The, the wide receiver depth is not what it should be. The secondary has holes all over it. Um, but 
football is one of those games where every year you're you're adding another brick to a foundation. Sometimes, if you're the Giants, you kick that foundation over and you just have a terrible draft like you did this year. But <laughs> most teams are in a situation where every April they're able to pick up a block and add it to that foundation. And I think the last few years the Skins have, have had some really strong pieces. John Allen, Deron Payne, Brandon Sheriff, those guys are going to be around here for a while. And I think those are fantastic guys to build off of. I think the Redskins did a, a great job on paper, building a good foundation. And most importantly, I think they're giving the fan base a little bit of hope again. Um, and I think that that's, that's a huge thing going into the, into the offseason, going into OTAs, and as training camp rolls around, to have a bit of energy. Because quite frankly, um, the team needs it. And after as devastating of a year as it was last year on multiple fronts, um, I think the Skins you know, see a little bit of daylight. And I, I have to give it to, to Bruce Allen and, and Kyle Smith and those guys. They did it. And, they, and you know, again, they got to come to fruition. But uh, I like what they've done so far. And I think Skins fans should be proud. Yeah, yeah. A lot to um, look forward to. Maybe not in the immediate future, but uh, the, things are looking up and pieces are coming together. Might take a little bit for the puzzle to be fully realized, but there is something there. And that's enough to kind of look ahead and keep your head up and wait for what's next. So uh, in terms of what's next for us, guys, we are out of time, but we will have another pod for you out soon enough. Uh, we're going to be doing this in the off season. We're going to be trying to break down the draft a little bit more and kind of tie it together as the season go- grows closer. So thanks as always for watching and thanks for, for uh, thanks for Connor for coming on. But uh, we are out of time. Peace out. Have a good night.